RX. I'm Kurt Anderson, and this is the Studio 360 Podcast. For a while now, I've been trying to figure out the reasons behind America's giant turn toward nostalgia since the 1970s. An entertainment toward reviving and recycling old styles and looks and sounds really in every medium. Movies, design, music, you name it. So, before I ever heard Nick Waterhouse's songs, I read a lot about Nick Waterhouse. Frankly, a little skeptically. Here's a singer-songwriter and band leader, 33 years old, who meticulously creates new music that sounds exactly like old music from the 1950s and early 60s. Interesting, but really? Then I listened to his music and listened some more and couldn't help myself. I became a Nick Waterhouse fan and saw that he had a new album coming out, so invited him to Studio 360 along with his band, and here they are. Welcome. Thank you very much. Um, we're going to talk a lot. I will interrogate you. But first, so that everybody knows or has a sense anyway of what we're talking about, will you play a song? Yeah, we're going to play a song for winners right now. Okay. Savage.
That is Nick Waterhouse and company performing his excellent song for winners from his very excellent new album, his fourth, also called Nick Waterhouse. Um, so that song, uh, which I loved and, and couldn't stop moving around to, uh, sounds like one that my older brother in the early 60s might have played in his rock combo, The Fabulous Impacts, in Omaha, Nebraska. I love it, man. Um, so tell the story that I'm sure you've never told before of how uh, you, who were born 20 or 25 years after that, uh, how this came to be your music. I think a deep identification and, uh, you know, I guess I was a little radicalized by the bad taste of the late 90s um, and what popular culture presented me. Give me some examples. Um, Blink-182, Stained. Um, Say no more. <laughs> sure, we could keep going. Okay. Sublime is like the Beatles of the town I grew up in. and um, That's Santa Ana, California? Uh, well, I grew up in Huntington Beach. I was born oh. in Santa Ana. My dad was a fireman, so I grew up in this kind of like... The thing about Orange County is, again, it's like a conglomeration of a bunch of towns, and most people think of the glamorous... Like, O.C., Newport. Newport, Laguna, yeah. Yeah. I was a little more intimately familiar with the Anaheim, Fullerton, Santa Ana. Which is what, when I was young, one thought of Orange County, California being. Yeah. That, that conservative middle class thing. Uh, and also the the post-war boom thing where like my, my dad and my mom both moved out there with their parents because of the Korean War and it was farms. It was kind of rural when they were young. And I think that they still had that sensibility when they were raising me. So the again, like the affluence and the, the middle classness and maybe even like the religious extremism um, that's affiliated with that Some place. Some mega churches around there. The biggest, yeah. Uh, that was like a big part of where I was growing up and all that stuff, it didn't have a lot of um, visceral energy. Even the, the history of like the punk rock thing there felt by the time I was a kid like what that's what adults were into. And so when you found this old-fashioned music, mm. um, how old were you? I think I was, well, it, it kind of coincides when I started playing guitar around 12 or 13. And... Um, you know, uh, everybody rebels against, like, their parents and their surroundings. And a lot of those garage, like, the fabulous impacts. I live for these records that sound kind of sinister, but when you see the photo, they were all, like, Madras wearing My brother tops. was 12. Yeah. <laughs> and there's, like, this purity to a lot of these records, and it goes across all the stuff that influenced me, whether it's R&B records or... It's like... um true unselfconsciousness and um it might have also been being born in the late 80s and going into the internet era so and especially now we live in this like brain disease of branding and all these people who were making these songs whether they were like from minnesota and making some garage collectible 45 or they were in louisiana making an r&b record it's an expression that you hear there's a microphone up and people are expressing themselves right it, yeah. it felt right to me. So was there one, like, at 12, a song you heard that was the aha? Uh -huh. Yeah, there was two. There's two songs that have been in my life since, like, I can remember. And it's my, my mother would play, I think it was the late 80s Van Morrison Greatest Hits. And the very first song is Here Comes the Night. Everything is in that song. And then on the other side of that, it was John Lee Hooker's... 
bad like Jesse James, which just scared me, like frightened me. It was more mysterious, it's like an Edward Hopper painting or something, like I couldn't make sense of it for so long. And um, once I had a guitar, I realized like those shapes, just my fingers wanted to do that. Right. Uh, speaking of influences, you've mentioned uh, the actor and, and film director, John Cassavetes, as a uh, hero of yours he's as a, well, right? He's a huge influence, yeah. The, the, is it the the black and white, late noirish sensibility of his movies sort of puts you in the mood to, to write your songs? Mm, I think it's more that his, the way his characters interact or how my characters and my songs interact. Um, and also his approach, like when I learned about his technique, that's essentially how I make a record. I call up true believers and friends on a on a dime and a wish. Like he was outside of the system. I'm. I'm he was indie before there was indie. Yeah, I, I still make records that way. Like it's really by the hair of it that we get it done. But everybody delivers, and it's almost so special because it's this like um, ensemble feeling that has its own set of rules and, and everybody knows what we're doing but I'm trying to be it's like that's what's different than making a, a, a retro record we'll have lots more of my interview with Nick Waterhouse in a minute but first I want to remind you to follow us on Twitter we are at Studio 360 show and now back to the interview uh, so before you were a, a performing musician or, or songwriter you were DJing this kind of music Yes. I went to San Francisco out of high school. I'd been playing in a in a beat combo for all of my teenage years. What does that mean? Like organ, drums, bass, and guitar. Oh. We couldn't get horns. Um, and um, I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm not going to play music anymore. And I went to San Francisco, and I went to San Francisco State and really got my mind open by some great professors. I was working at this record shop and really hanging out. And, and the thing that was happening in San Francisco in the era that I was there, which it, it was a really special time, there was like an energy where a lot of young people were going to like nightclubs and bars and people were playing sort of like non-dogmatic old records and, and it was wild. It was like, if you took a photo of the room, you wouldn't know what kind of music was being played. It had this San Francisco spirit that's like different than other cities where it felt kind of bohemian and 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 you would go see DJs because they had records oh. that, that nobody had. Oh, so had that's what something. you started doing. Yeah, and and I and I fell into that. I mean, I was 18, 19 and and I was already like really crazy about listening to to just finding music. So I started playing 45s and that coincided with a big scene at the time. Like you could throw a party and two or 300 people would come. And, and then 10 years ago you decided, "By golly, I'll make a 45? Yeah, essentially to play in one of those places. And, and you literally pressed a 45? I did. I, I wanted to put it into that world that I knew. And um, some of the DJs started playing it. And uh, within a couple months, you know, I had some mutual friends that were really excited about it. And uh, I had a band all of a sudden. Will you sing again and play another song? Yeah, yeah. How what, I... what will this be? Uh, we're going to play a song by The Seeds called Pushing Too Hard. Well, 
you're pushing too hard Pushing on me Pushing too hard the way you want me to be Where you're pushing too hard Every night and day Pushing too hard with the things you say Oh, you're pushing too hard Pushing too hard on me Just be free Live my life the way I want to be Oh, all I want Is to just have fun Live my life like it's just been gone But you're pushing too hard Pushing too hard on me in the sea I know someone stay by me will you better stop all you fool around stop you running all over town because you're pushing too hard pushing too hard on me
That is Nick Waterhouse and his band uh, playing Pushing Too Hard, one of the rare cover performances of Nick Waterhouse. Uh, so this new album, um, which is your fourth, mm-hmm. uh, um, you recorded at, at this famous old L.A. recording studio with the great name Electrovox. Yeah. What's special about it, and why did was that just part of the seamless Nick Waterhouse oldness thing? It has a really nice room that um, is like the the golden ratio for how a live band should sound in an exciting way, in my opinion. Uh-huh. The thing about that room is it's kind of like the last golden era Hollywood room where there were tons of them, and they're all gone now. And it's a very simple thing. It's like I, I kind of described it as like the Carpenter's Cup, like with the Holy Grail, where you look in and it's not, it doesn't look like much. And then you like, you just hear the reverberation and you realize you don't have to mess around with very much. Really? So there's this history and this sentimental attachment, but you think it's the real deal. You can hear the sound. It's like, uh, you know, what's the difference between uh, like real vanilla and fake vanilla ice cream? You just, no, if I you gave, taste it. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. uh, there's a certain sympathy that's needed for me to do my thing, but my thing is also not like a fetish. It's more just like, listen, we're going to have 12 people playing at once. We need running preamps and we need a running tape machine. And it's actually pretty straightforward. And uh, nowadays there's a lot more post-production that goes into like what uh, would be set up as the antithetical to my work. Tape machine. And you literally mean a tape machine. Yeah, it sounds really nice. So the whole recording process, making the record, is all analog for you. Um, yeah, we ended up doing, we had to bounce some stuff in Pro Tools at the very end, but we cut everything to tape. And that's... Really? Yeah, but that's also how I Taping learned how to record. together recording tape. You can cut, yes, it's it's much easier than you think. You but, get a but little blade and... I, I, I know, I've see, I used to see it done, but but does that does that slow you down? No, it makes it faster. Huh. That's why I like it. My thing is, is almost like, I I don't, now recording analog again, it's not a fetish, it's not a time machine thing, it's like the difference between deciding to paint and take photos. And the texture is what is part of my expression. And when something gets that really great magic little harmonic distortion that occurs when you record something on tape, and it's all, it's multiple sounds being compressed to one place, that's something that like, it's not going to happen much longer. It's really hard to to keep doing it that way. Like the supplies of all the equipment and the people who can run it are running out. So, if somebody, when you're playing your song before we were talking, and they just let's say they turn on their radio then, and they heard that, and they just absolutely assumed, as I believe anyone would, unless they happen to know you, sure. Like, oh, that's a song from 50, 60, 50 years ago or whatever whatever they would think. Is that completely fine with you that it is, to the typical listener, indistinguishable from an old piece of music? Yeah, that's fine with me. Do you know, like, I was just given a novel from 1983 as a gift, and I'm reading it, and I love how I'm just in it. And I'm not thinking of it as 1983, really. Um Whatever people want to do with my music as product is fine, <laughs> but I can't control it. So oh, I've, I've, I've released that. <laughs> no, I understand. Your audience is made up of whom? I mean, are they people who just like either your music or music of the era that you're so influenced by? Or are they people who also listen to hip hop and ambient music? Oh, those I definitely have more of those. 
What's funny is there is like a global sort of like ultra vintage retro scene. And I find that most of them don't like me because I'm not authentic enough to the period. That's funny. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm a singer-songwriter. Re- and they think you're restoration hardware rather than the, <laughs> the, the, the thing. No, they want you to sing a certain type of notes or sing oh, really? about stuff. Really? Well, yeah. Well, I don't really have the chops to impress those types. Of, like stitch counters is what what that, we yeah, would well, call that, them. That's, that's what they're called in uh, the, the military reenactment world. Well, it's certainly that world. Stitch Nazis. I think too. sometimes I disappoint them, but uh, the, the really imaginative ones, that's they break off from the pack. What song will you play as we leave Say Goodbye? Uh, let's do Wherever She Goes, She's Wanted. That feels good. Wherever she goes, she is wanted. Whatever.
That was Nick Waterhouse and his band. Jessica Wilkes on bass and vocals, Jay Rudolph on drums, Judd Nielsen on piano, Carol Hatchett on backing vocals and percussion, Mondo Durame on tenor sax, and Paula Henderson on baritone sax. And the song you just listened to is Wherever She Goes off the new album called Nick Waterhouse, which is out now. Our session was engineered by Irene Trudell of WNYC. Thanks for listening, and you can subscribe to Studio 360 wherever you get podcasts.